1: If you'd like to make your NFL
0: games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Russ Tucker and Steve Fezik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast, a little bit later than how we normally do it. We normally do it on a Wednesday, but we did it on a Friday this week because, A, I was out skiing in Utah on a family vacation, and B... We're taking you right to the final four, which is tomorrow. We wanted to get as much information on it as possible. We're presented by BetOnline.ag. They're the online gaming website of choice for the Even Money Podcast because they've got the best odds and the fastest payouts. You guys know the deal. He's the star of the show, Steve Fezzik. We know that. He knows a lot more than I do at Fezzik Sports about gambling he is a true vegas professional and handicapper the only two-time winner of the super bowl of professional football betting the only two-time winner pretty impressive i'm ross tucker former nfl offensive lineman that has done pretty well telling you guys what to bet on the nfl games at ross tucker nfl on twitter and instagram facebook.com Slash Ross Tucker NFL. We always appreciate when you guys can give us a like or a retweet after we post the show on social media. That's big for us. Steve, there's a bunch of different things that I want to get into with you today. We also have some more awesome email questions. Love the email questions. If you ever had any question about gambling, this is like an unbelievable opportunity. To ask Steve directly, just email me, Ross at Ross dot com with your sponsor confirmation email. So um, let's get to let's start with the final four, Steve. And when we get to this point where there's only four teams left, are there more or less opportunities in your mind to find value and and to place a bet?
1: Typically, there are less opportunities with only two games. Now, there are times where you get a very public team that could be overvalued in the Final Four versus an under-the-radar team, and then you can bet against the public. We do have an under-the-radar team in Loyola, Chicago, that's been undervalued all tournament long. This is a team that when they're starting guards, uh, Custer and Richardson play, they're 24-1 and straight up. They lost three games without Custer in the Missouri Valley Conference. They're not nearly as good without him. However, the pros, Ross, really like this Michigan team. They really like the defensive intensity Michigan has brought, so that offsets the possible edge. Pros don't really like this Final Four.
0: What's the what's the line? Do you know, Steve?
1: Yes, Michigan is laying five couple five and a halves out there. Total one twenty nine and a half one point about that total looks awfully low. The game's in San Antonio, so it's a football stadium. The backdrops aren't as good for shooting, so could cause some problems with three-point shooting in the games on Saturday.
0: Got it. Is, and is that typically I is that typically been found to be the case?
1: It's hit or miss year to year. Uh what's happened is a lot of these players like 15, 20 years ago was a bigger deal, but the, a lot of the players have more experience in different venues and it hasn't impacted them as much. There is a theory that it might impact Loyola more because they're just not used to playing in the larger stadiums. And because of that, that might be a disadvantage to Loyola.
0: That's interesting. Um, what about any thoughts on the other game, Villanova-Kansas? Let me ask you this. Do people ever – a lot of people are obviously rooting for Loyola Chicago like I'll be rooting for him, I, I love the underdog does that does that ever does that show up in terms of people's betting habits
1: it does on the money line because you'll see more recreational money on in terms of just who's going to win so Michigan is more likely to win but it's so they are five to five and a half point favorite you might see support for Loyola to win the game straight up right now you can get Um, as high as plus 240. So if you risk $100 on Loyola to win the game, you win $240. You may well see that number come down and be lower by game time because people, when they bet on the sentimental underdog, they want that underdog to win and you'll get the public betting that way.
0: So the public, most of the public, like they know to bet the money line rather than, I would think like, Public that don't know that much, or just whatever, would say, I, "I want the points. I want the if I can get five, five and a half points, I want the points."
1: Well, it turns out the public, the last thing they want to do is lay minus two hundred and fifty. So, if you bet Michigan, you got to bet two hundred and fifty dollars to win hundred or even higher, and that's a bet that the recreational public just does. Ne- they never want to do that. They want to bet a little to make a lot. They don't want to risk a lot to make relatively a, a little. So if they do bet on Michigan, they're going to lay the points. If they bet on Loyola, this is just the recreational public, they'll probably bet Loyola to win the game outright.
0: Yeah, that, that that's what I find interesting, that they wouldn't be like, you know what, no, I I want to to make sure I get five, five hundred points in case they don't win. I want to at least still win. Um, they must know more, like they must be, more frequent bettors than we realize, right? To even know about the money line versus just taking the team that they like with the points.
1: Yeah. I think that overall the public has learned a lot more about betting, but in terms of the, the pros This is a game that could very easily end Michigan winning a close game. Loyola's first three games in the tournament basically came down to the final possession. They won by one, one and two points. So here's a team that's played a stretch of close games prior to their Kansas State game. Because of that, getting five and a half would be much more attractive than betting Loyola to win the game.
0: Um, Any thoughts on on Villanova-Kansas?
1: I think Kansas is overrated because they've got to play the last three weekends in their backyards. The big 12 championship was in Kansas city. And then in the big dance games, it was a very short trip for them. So they've gotten very favorable venues. The first four games of the tournament that ultimately I think is why they beat Duke because the game was in Omaha Villanova, who's awesome. And is the clear cut number one team in pretty much everyone's eyes. They had one starter out for nine games in February, another starter out for a couple games. However, they've had a favorable draw. They got to play in Pittsburgh and then I believe in Boston. This is their first negative venue in San Antonio in the heart of Big 12 country where the crowd will be more for Kansas, we feel. That offsets the fact that, boy, we have Villanova rated a good six points better than Kansas. Frankly, Ross, it's a game I haven't gotten involved with.
0: What What is the line on the game?
1: The line is five points that Villanova is favored by right now with a total of 155.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not like a college basketball guy, you know, expert, Steve. I don't really get into it till the tournament. Uh, but I, I really, really enjoy the tournament. I used to love college basketball. I mean, to me, Villanova is clearly the best team. That doesn't mean they'll win it. Anything can happen in a one game. But they are unbelievably impressive like every dude on their team just drains threes it's unbelievable
1: yeah they're historically good at making threes and frankly you look at their path in the tournament they've won every game by double digits they beat a really good west virginia team and a really good texas tech team both those teams healthy by double digits in rounds three and four and i could make the case those two teams are almost as good as this kansas team um, they had a little slump in February, they lost to St. John's at home, but like I said, that was because they had some injuries. I can't see, I mean, anything can happen, but Villanova's the clear-cut favorite to win the uh, and cut down the nets here.
0: What about, um, is there, you can still bet from these four teams who will win it all?
1: Yes, and I believe Villanova's right around, uh, I'll pick them, and the other teams have a higher uh, money line associated with that. But I don't think that there's anything that I see value there.
0: Got it. Um, we'll talk more about it next Wednesday. We'll talk a lot about the Masters. A lot of people like to bet the Masters. But I just wanted to now, are there any like um, Masters look-ahead lines? Are there anything that you might be able to get value now You know that we, that people should know about before we dive into it? more in-depth next wednesday
1: yes you don't need to bet yet but you need to be aware that tiger woods is now a co-favorite to win the masters he's anywhere from eight to ten to one and although he's been playing very very well second place finish at the ballast bar the pros know he hasn't won a tournament in five years and they are licking their chops for us at the prospect of being able to take the very best golfers in the world in a head-to-head matchup against Tiger at Pickham because they'll be very happy to take a Justin Leonard, a a Johnson, just to beat Tiger Woods, Pickham. Those are the bets the pros are really looking forward to making in the Masters.
0: Um, Let's talk a little, there's several NFL things I want to get to with you, but before we do that, just your thoughts on, on the NBA and, and Cleveland and Golden State at this point from a betting perspective.
1: have been saying this for months and my, my feeling hasn't changed that I think Golden State is very vulnerable with the Big Four all injured and various varying degrees of injuries, but obviously the Curry injury to the knee after his ankle injury, it really makes them um, potentially – vulnerable especially considering Houston is such a great team this year. I think Houston's going to beat Golden State because Golden State's not going to get the 1 seed. They're going to get the 2 seed. They get one more significant injury to Durant or Curry when he comes back and which easily could happen, then Golden State is is a clear-cut underdog when they have to play at Houston and Houston has an easier path. So, I like Houston to uh, still be a, a minor upset over Golden State, and in the East, Cleveland has all the reputation. They get to the finals every year, Ross. This is the year they don't get there. Toronto is going to the NBA Finals. They've been the best team all year long in the East, and they are light years better than the other Toronto teams that, frankly, have not panned out in the playoffs in prior years.
0: So you like it, Houston against Toronto. Gosh, that would be be so weird. I mean, it feels like we all have this date – Every year where it's Golden State, Cleveland, you know, we can circle it on the calendars. Uh, Houston, Toronto would be weird. I got to be honest with you, not as appealing, not as appealing as LeBron against Golden State again, which is weird because you would think that it'd be more entertaining to get some variety in there. But I don't have a lot of interest in Houston, Toronto.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting how the dynasties, everyone complains about dynasties, yet they hold the best ratings when the dynasty teams play each other so the public you know we can say one thing about oh I'd like some new blood in there when the new blood comes in the ratings go down
0: let's get to uh, some NFL stuff Steve um I guess the first thing is in and Sue with the ramps um I'm just wondering I know there's not a lot of stuff out there other than some win totals at at at, uh at the place we talked about a couple weeks ago my question is does endemic and sue signing with the rams does that move the needle at all for you or does the uh totality of the moves they've made with talib and peters and sue has that moved the needle at all
1: Not yet because there really isn't any market to move the needle. So, in my eyes, yes, they're a stronger team. I worry about their chemistry. Whenever you bring in someone with a checkered past, how is he going to fit in with the locker room? You know, um, the one book we talked about that had those lines up no longer has them. So, we're all waiting for those numbers to get put up. Probably it'll come up after the draft. I want to ask you, Ross, in your experience, uh, was that a um, a big negative, a small negative, or, or was it overhyped when you brought in a controversial free agent that had had problems with other teams?
0: Uh, I don't think people really care. I, I, I honestly, I think guys are just happy to get a really good player and feel like they got a chance to actually go on a run. The only caveat I would I would put there is, I really wonder how Aaron Donald feels, and I talked about this on the Ross Tucker football podcast. But, yeah, that's got to be very frustrating for him. He has been the best defensive player in the NFL at least the last two years. And he's made $10 million. And he wants a new contract. He held out last year, didn't get it. They put the fifth-year option on him. So this year he'll make a little less than $7 million. But still, I mean, he'll essentially make almost – in five years, what the Rams are just paying this guy, and Sue, for one. If I were Aaron Donald, I'd be very, very, very upset. Like that $14 million that they allocated to Sue could have been part of what they allocated to Aaron Donald to pay him. And people say, you know, fans will say, oh, he'll get his next year. A player would never look at it that way. Never. They, if, if they feel like they're undervalued, they want the money, they want it now. They're sick of being undervalued. They feel that he feels like he's earned his big payday, and so I think that that's certainly how Aaron Donald feels, or at least should feel. Would be my guess. But I guess the question then would be, how does that really affect the game? And my 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 guess is not much. You know, I mean, I think he'll still be there for all 16 games. I think he'll still play his his butt off because. He wants to get a new deal. I don't know if he'll hold out again or whatever, but that's kind of how I feel there. I wanted to also ask you, Steve. Uh, sticking with the NFL, you know they they tweaked the catch rule a little bit. They've got this new helmet rule. They've had some other stuff come out with like you don't have to kick the extra point at the end of regulation or an overtime when you score, or I guess regulation, like. Any of those things or all of those things together, is that actionable in any way for you?
1: Well, not kicking the extra point when you score in the final play helps the underdog very, very, very slightly because now if you're catching plus uh, two and a half and you're up four with four seconds left, you win instead of potentially losing. But no, no big deal there. I think the rules about you know, dropping your head is going to help the offense because I think that the defensive players do it more often. And so that's, that probably is going to increase scoring a little bit. This whole catch rule, Ross, this is going to be a real problem. In my opinion, I think there's going to be more turnovers. You're going to get guys catching balls over the middle, lunging forward to get the first down, contacting the ground, not being touched yet by defender and the ball squirting loose I think we're going to see more turnovers from fumbles after catches. Have you thought about that?
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I always wonder, though. Does that mean more scoring or less scoring? I guess it depends on where the where the fumble occurs. You know, I mean, yeah, you. I I, I think it, I don't know if it's a net positive or net negative for scoring because turnovers a lot of times can lead to scoring. I mean, it can prevent it, but it can also lead to scores.
1: Yeah, it's a weird situation because in most cases, you're going to be picking up a positive gain that's a first down. And players, frankly, tend to be more aggressive with those plays as they progress into the red zone. So we might see some turnovers you know, in the red zone that will depress scoring because of that. So it's very unclear what the ultimate impact is going to be. Normally, turnovers help scoring. This may not be the case.
0: I don't think the helmet rule is really actionable, Steve, in my opinion, because until we see how they officiate it, remember they had that crown of the helmet rule after that Trent Richardson run a few years ago. They called it twice the first year. They haven't called it the last two years. I think sometimes some of these moves, Steve, are, are more about PR, more about the NFL making it clear that they're trying to make the game safer and that the game is safe. Let's see how many times they actually call it, you know, I mean, because the way it's written, they could probably call it almost every play, which they're obviously not going to do. They're only going to call it when it's egregious. And so we'll see how much of an impact in my mind that that actually has. What about um, what about the draft, Steve?
1: Yeah, the draft, it seems like this happens every year that you get talk about how a running back's going to get taken first and take the best player in the draft and don't reach for quarterbacks. And then there's a panic fire on quarterbacks because every team needs one. And the thought of being left behind and not getting one is a real problem. Now there's talk. You might see three quarterbacks taken in the first three rounds. And the most amazing thing, Ross, I don't think any of these quarterbacks frankly are good enough to be taken with a top five pick. Um, I think that Donald's going number one. So you're, we're going to be able to bet on that, you know, in the near future here, who's going to, which quarterback will be taken first. What are your thoughts regarding that?
0: Yeah, I would be surprised at this point at Sam Darnold didn't go number one. I, I, I really would. I'm, I'm going to hopefully get Adam Schefter on the Ross Tucker football podcast soon and talk to him about that. But I, I mean, I, I would be surprised. I really would. I, I think that, that the Browns won him at number one. I, frankly, I think the Giants won him at number two, but realize that they're not going to be able to get him. I think that's an issue for them as well. So, But I, I tend to agree with you. And I think that there's a pretty good chance that – I don't know who makes the selection at two. I think there's a pretty good chance it goes quarterback, quarterback, quarterback at the top of the draft. And maybe and maybe maybe, a- even, maybe even four in a row.
1: I have to question, Ross, the Jets moving up to number three and giving up all those draft picks just to move from six to three. And then I wanted to ask you how, you how you felt when Coach Bowles came out and said, well, we've got our eyes on six or seven guys. How can you say that when you are already number six? It makes no sense to me.
0: Yeah, I think, I, I think either he just was being illogical or what he was saying is, you know, there's six or seven guys we liked, and we we feel like you know we want to make sure we get at least the third best guy out of that. I don't know. It was kind of a kind of a clumsy way for him to say it. I mean, I, what you should say is we got three guys we really like, and this enables us to get one of them, you know. But maybe they want there to be more intrigue about who they might get. I I don't know, man. Let me ask you this, Steve. What about uh, you know the NFL was really briefed, I and mean, we could do a whole show on this, but the NFL was was briefed about the potential for legalized gambling and they, they want to get ready for it. What do you think that would be like?
1: Oh, we're all looking forward to it. You look at other countries where you can go to your local corner market and wager on the NFL and you can't do it right here in the United States. I think it's just a matter of time. We'll see what the Supreme Court's going to come out with a ruling in the very near future. And frankly, we're expecting that legalization to occur, and I think that it will increase the popularity of the NFL. That's always been the catch-22, that the NFL has been very, very negative about Las Vegas, but now the Raiders are coming to Las Vegas, but no doubt that the gambling on the games has much increased the popularity of the NFL.
0: Um, I want to get to an email question. Before I do, though, I need to make sure everybody knows no matter what you're betting, Final Four, Masters, whatever, NFL Draft, make sure you do it at betonline.ag. If you use the promo code money on your first deposit, you get a 50% welcome bonus, which is up to $2,500 worth of sportsbook free plays. You know all about, because we've told you, their live betting software, which is awesome. You get a free $25 on your first live bet. So live bet, some of the final four games, the Masters or whatever, and use a free $25 for your first live bet. They also have 100% poker and casino bonuses over at betonline.ag. Do not miss out on betting any of these games, essentially risk-free. Visit betonline.ag. Make sure you use that promo code money to score your $2,500 bonus. Let's get to an email question, Bright.
1: Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's
0: time to ask Ross. Email address is ross at You're really sending it, though, to Steve, but send it to me, ross at Love reading and responding to your questions right here on the show. If you take advantage of any of our sponsors, any of them, boom. I guarantee you, just go to RossTucker.com, click on the sponsor page, take advantage of any of them, 100 flowers for Easter, whatever, and I guarantee we'll read and respond to it. So this is a question from Scott Slappy McGee, who you might have talked to him before, Steve, on Tuckheads. He's a Tuckhead over at Tuckheads.com. I love it. And he says, I know there have been studies done about making these picks when you have money on it and when you don't. Do you or Steve know anything about this? The long and short of it is this. People have a tendency to make better picks when they don't have money riding on the results outcomes. The moment you get real money involved, something changes about how you pick the things to put your money on. It's that fear of losing that starts to creep in and affects your odds picks. So, for the sake of us making money, some money next year with your great picks, Ross... Don't actually start putting real money on it yourself. All caps from Slappy McGee. We don't want your winning percentage to go down at all. So basically, he knows I don't actually bet. I just tell you guys what to bet and does not want me to actually bet because I've been talking about using the betonline.ag bonus and and making the bets next year so I can actually win on the up 30-plus units I had. But he feels like that will negatively affect my pick, Steve. Your thoughts?
1: You know, I'm actually going to disagree here. I think that when you have money on a game, you become not just um, emotionally invested in the game, but you become financially invested, and you follow the game that much more closely, and you learn more about the NFL just because you're more engaged. In fact, I've often used this – I've suggested this to people – that in every NFL game, you should bet $5. Put something on each and every game. You'll be amazed how you'll go back to NFL Rewind, look at the fourth quarter, how things played out, look closely at the box scores, because just having even a tiny financial stake makes you more invested, um, not just financially, but time-wise in the games. And bottom line is the more time you pour into this, the more likely you are to learn about the teams and be able to win going forward.
0: Very interesting. All right. So his theory seemed to make sense to me, but you disagree. So um, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. Um, I do know this. It's very easy to get your question answered here on the show. Again, Ross at RossTucker.com. Looks like we only have one left. So it's a good time for you guys to be able to get your email questions in here for the next few weeks. That'll do it for this week's Even Money Podcast. Love those emails. Love, love, love those of you that give us that quick retweet or like on Facebook and download multiple times on multiple devices. iTunes rankings and comments, always huge as well. Right when you're done on Apple Podcasts, I guess it's called, give us the five stars. There's also Amazon PayPal, which is a really easy way to take advantage of the sponsors and send Steve a question. Other than that, whether it's the Final Four or baseball or whatever, good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast.
1: Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast Podcast, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at Rostucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.